0: Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening, welcome to another episode of The Melanie Report. I'm your host, Marquise Lupton, and say with me, y'all, we have another, 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 doop, 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 show, 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 show for you. I cannot wait to get into these stories, into these headlines. We took two weeks off. Happy New Year to you. Hope you brought in the new year with the one you love. If you didn't, well, enjoy these headlines that we have for you. It is part fun of our podcast week this week, and we have a great week lineup for you. We have two weeks left until the end of season one. This has been an amazing, fantastic, insert adjective here type experience, especially with my new BFF and cousin of the show, Dr. Kamika Campbell. What's going on? Up, 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 up. There we go.
1: I said, howdy. It was the echo effect for me.
0: That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Indeed, indeed. I um, I, I channeled my inner uh, DJ clue. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, um, folks, like I said, we have a great show for you today. You know how I like to say, a jam-packed program yes. for you today. Uh, we're talking about racism being expensive. Well, how expensive? we'll find out uh-huh. also what's menu anxiety we talk about menu anxiety and, and how and why gen z is experiencing it and then also code my crown like this is a dope it. initiative that is man 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 taking taking blackness into the digital sphere love it. you know um but it's needed you know um so so if it wasn't needed it wouldn't have been created yes yeah. so We cannot wait to give you these details, give you these news, topics, and to give you the juice. So let's get to it. All right, our first story comes from The Root. Should a church be swag surfing into the new year? I like this one. (laughs) Black folks are divided. The Dream Center Church of Atlanta went viral over its contemporary approach to ringing in the new year. Again, like I said, this comes from the roots. So let's get into it. For its New Year's service, Bishop William Murphy counted down the clock to 2024 with a medley of contemporary hip-hop songs, including the Fast Life Young Stars 2009 single, Swag Surfing. Murphy and his congregants did the popular swag, surfing dance as the cut from the Stone Mountain, Georgia-based group piped through the facility. While such a festive celebration to ring in the new year would seem in- innocent anywhere else, Murphy is catching some heat for playing the song in the house of the Lord, especially since its lyrics include... I'm on hypnotic, exotic, this polo on my body, got a bad girl beside me, and her <laughs> friend right <laughs> behind me. And I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm, I'm surfing. i <laughs> I think that's a great way
1: to bring in the new year. Okay? They walked out the old year. Yeah. So I thought, I feel like that's amazing. And so a lot of people... Well, you know, you saw, you <laughs> know how Black like,
0: Twitter. Uh, yo, clutch my pearls. <sighs> oh, that's crazy over certain things, so. Clutch my pearls, this isn't it, what's going on? Yes. You, you know, all all of the uh, traditional, you know, uh, Christian contemporaries, uh, what have you, they were flabbergasted that that this kind of song, this kind of song, these kind of lyrics would be in church, in the church is service, Is
1: anybody surprised? This is Atlanta. This is the <laughs> ATL we're talking about. I have seen a lot of things doing going to visit churches in Atlanta. Yeah. A lot, so I'm I'm so confused as to why people are this like
0: outraged. <laughs> I love it. I, I think uh, it's great. I, I, I mean, uh, um, I have some um, points here that we'll uh, get to, but um, but I love it because. I'm looking at this as, all right, you know, it's it, it's it's obvious that church needs its folks to come back. Yeah. You know, um, um it, it's obvious that the pandemic played a part in the decrease in the um church attendance. Oh, yeah. Especially since now more folks are going to bedside Baptists.
1: Yes, absolutely. It, you
0: know, so uh so this I look at this as a way to get the congregants excited to uh to to come to church and also to welcome a friend. Imagine how many, you know, millennials our age that are like, yo, look, let me let me show you the video from my church service last night. Oh, yeah. And then you see the whole crowd swag surfing. <laughs> I'm going to be like, you I'm know gonna, what? I might want to go to that church. <laughs> that looks all right. go. Yes. That looks all right. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to at least. Try it out.
1: And I feel like we have already welcomed Swag suffering into the hymnal, you know, of mm-hmm. the black church experience at the very least. I feel uh, like yeah. it has become a hymn. It's become an a old Negro spiritual hymn, <laughs> 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 a neo old yeah. Negro spiritual. But um, I do, I feel like there are certain songs that have transcended the culture a, mm. in so many different ways that people, yes, the, the lyrics are a little iffy. For church. Mm-hmm. I feel like even if you, maybe if you would have played the instrumental, people would have been so mad. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if even if you just played the instrumental, black people know where to come in with the swag surf part. Yeah. And so yeah. it would have been fine. So maybe that's what he could have done different, but I don't see a problem with swag. Because swag surfing has become this kind of unifying exactly. thing. Exactly. And I loved walk it out. As yes. a, to walk out the new year, because, you know, we we got to walk out all the problems and the different things that kind of maybe kept us down in twenty twenty three right. And we swag surfing in the new year. Right. I feel
0: like I don't know. I felt like it was quite appropriate. I love um, it. so <laughs> I love it. Um, to all my pastors that are listening, uh, there's a song called Chicken Noodle Soup <laughs> that I know that your congregants will love. And let it rain. Listen, <laughs> I,
1: I would be also be fine. I would also take a little lean walk with it by Young John. <laughs> <laughs> <I would. laughs> Why not? Why not? Like, uh, like, These are songs that have transcended yes, the yes. Culture and, and and bring
0: so many people together. Yes, and they need the numbers. So, they, need so they need it. Y'all, y'all need not? it. Yes. Don't play like y'all don't need the numbers. Why not usher in? other culture, well uh, uh, another subculture of the main culture. Yeah. You know, to why
1: not? Let's also talk about how people have this really interesting idea about about holiness mm. that really guides these discussions about what you should and shouldn't do in church, right? Yeah. And so like one of the things that um Jesus talks about in the Bible is that your body is a temple. Mm. So people always put the 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 spirituality and the holiness and the I don't know, correctness and the cleanliness on the building. Yeah. Um, and they forget that a big part of this church experience that people, I don't know, they kind of twist it a little bit, is that you are the temple, you are the church, you mm-hmm. gathering with other people is what makes the church, not the building itself. Well, we're doing this in church. Yeah. Um, if we were to do this, I am sure those same Christians went to their friend's house who are Christians and hung out, had a drink or two and right. listen to some secular music. Wherever you are is where the church is. Right. Wherever you are is where the temple is. Wherever you are, there's nothing sacred about the building itself. Right. And so when people kind of make these determinations that you can't have any kind of secular... It's, par, it's probably what got Kirk Franklin in trouble in the mm-hmm. beginning of his career and sometimes now too. People listen to his music and go, well, it's, it's always been too secular for the church. His music has those hip-hop beats and those hip-hop beats and <laughs> drugs. <laughs> they just go, they just go straight there. Drugs right. and drink drinking, and booty shaking. Are y'all working to the Lord? You know, <laughs> they get real upset. But um, listen, I'm from the Caribbean mm. and um, Trinidad to be very specific, Trinidad and Tobago. And the church, if you go to a church service, it sounds a lot like, you know, the music of the day. It's got Mm. a lot of calypso and soca undertones. And if you go to Jamaica, you're going to hear some of the same things. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear church church songs that very much sound like the music of the people.
0: Right. So I will tell you this. I saw this uh, YouTube clip. (laughs) <laughs> and it was this uh, pastor. And
1: everybody's talking about this YouTube clip. Yes. <laughs> and,
0: yes. And and I mean, like, all I understood was Jesus. But it yep. was like. Doo, doo, doo,
1: yes, doo, doo, doo. exactly.
0: Come on. to the. T- I was like, oh, this is. I need to Listen, go to church. And Donnie
1: McClarklin made this medley song a long time ago. Um, I've got my mind made up and I won't turn back. That whole medley is a Jamaican medley. And it goes from there to I am under the rock the rock is higher than I and it's all in it's oh, an, wow. all, a reggae comp- compilation mm-hmm. so like when I hear people be like oh you can't have those beats or the, that music or that whatever in church I'm like man we need to really expand our and I grew up in the church too mm-hmm. and we used, I used to get in trouble for the same thing because I love the beats and the yeah. R&B and the hip hop and you try to bring that in it's like oh so it's too much <laughs> you are you know disgracing the house of the Lord um, but I don't know I feel like you could there's different ways to uphold your religion, praise your God that everything doesn't have to be deemed
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, sacrilegious. Right. Right. Um, be, be, before we move on, our 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 points here. Um, a study issued by the Hartford Institute of, of Religion Research found that COVID-19 had a different impact on majority black, white and multiracial yes. mm-hmm. uh, congregations across the United States. Their survey found drops in attendance, finances and clergy. Absolutely. Um, well-being were especially pronounced for black congregations. While 65% of white congregations say their finances stayed the same or improved since 2018, only 50% of black churches could say the same. And black Americans are more re- are more religious than the American public as a whole. And roughly 60% of black churchgoers attend a majority black church. And according to a 2020 study by the Pew Research Center, um, the reach of black churches is is now limited especially with younger people with only 30 percent of black americans under 40 attending church services Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i'm just going to say this there may be a method to his madness i agree i think there is bringing the young folks and and listen
1: I, I always ask this question, where is the line for folks? Like, mm. if you listen to three hip-hop songs, are you going to hell? <laughs> is it three?
0: <laughs> like,
1: where is the... Because y'all be like, oh, if they listen to this, oh, their mind is in, or Where is the line?
0: What's the limit?
1: What's the limit? <laughs> because we we oh, They're not in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Do you know all the people in the house of the Lord, how many things may or may not have happened allegedly mm. with them that y'all may call sins? Right. Like, everybody the Bible even says that everybody falls short of the glory yeah. of God every single person so I don't know I'm not I, first of all if I really tell you my real opinion but I'm gonna save it for another show I just don't think that swag surfing and walking <laughs> out are the it's the line where everybody go to hell
0: I just don't believe this true <laughs> indeed and on to our next story And our next story, "Code My Crown," the free guide for coding black hairstyles in video games. This comes from Blavity. So, I love this one. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> so let's get to it. The, the lack of diversity in video games has been a long-standing issue in the industry. Black gamers play for fun, community, and self-expression. However, the depiction of textured hair and protective styles remains limited. Black characters are often highly stereotypical and not representative of their real-world counterparts. Dove, an open-source Afro Hair Library launch, Code My Crown, the world's first complete and free guide for coding, textured hair, and protective styles in video games to combat the issue of representation. Code My Crown is an instructional guide for coders and developers to code more diverse, true-to-life depictions of black hairstyles. The 3D designs ensure more representation in the virtual world of gaming, and they say often if black artists are asked to create something representative of their culture, they are not given the autonomy and agency to create something authentic and representative. They're asked to recreate someone else's idea of blackness. And this comes from the owner of Open Source, uh, the Afro Hair Library, and lead contributor for Code My Crown. So let's get into the um, conversation right here. Me, myself, I am a gamer. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and I have I have always hated, always hated, especially in the basketball games, I have always hated how they would have our hair you know how 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 they would have our braids how they would have yep. our locks mm-hmm. like it it it, it looked sloppy. It looked or um, it
1: looks. If in the early days, it looked like it would give you that one little helmet afro. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? What was that? Yes. On all the games, on all the 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 white the the, the the NBA two K back in the day, all of it. Yo, like just one helmet head of uh, hair.
0: No lineup. No lineup.
1: <laughs> no texture. Just one block. Yeah, a brown block. A brown, a brown rounded block. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, Meanwhile, I, I, y'all have managed to put in every swooping detail in calic. Yo, on the other players, I'm just like, how does this work? Yo, the Mohawks were impeccable, <laughs> impeccable, impeccable. I'm, I'm, I'm they thinking they couldn't like, get a corner right to say they mm, like. They still can't get it yo, right. To get
0: yo, to say yo, at least, at least now for PS5, like they have the hair flowing. Yes, at least, <laughs> I'm, at I'm least. I'm like, man, man, but, uh, but I'm, I'm looking at this, um, uh, one. I'm looking at the job front. I'm I'm like this could be a whole new yes job you know job feature uh, job opportunity just in the world of gaming yes, because absolutely. gaming it's it's a billion dollar industry it's a huge industry. you know and and I'm I'm looking at this as okay well now there there'll be this you know unfortunately but fortunately there'll be this little group you know that will be in charge of the full scope. Of of uh, protected hairstyles in the world of gaming. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Um. Um. One, I'm here for this. Love it. Love it. Uh. Two, though, it's 2024 as we know, <laughs> and it and it just feels like you know we're we're just now getting to this. Like I don't want to be the the um cynic here, but but just to add some um you know cynicism to this, it's like yes, this is great, but Video games been out for For a long
1: time. For a
0: long time. And black people have been playing them for a long time. For a long time. Oh goodness. You know, and and this misrepresentation has been happening for this entire time. A long time. Like I'm I'm thinking back to even, you know, Sega. You know, Sonic Sonic's hair was always great. Tails' hair was always great. Yep. You know, Princess Peach. She looked wonderful. Hair on a thousand. Yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely. So, so, so it, it just, it, it just really showcases to me that that it wasn't a lack of of technology. No. It wasn't a lack of knowledge. Not it was a lack of care. That's right.
1: Lack of care, lack of wanting to, lack of wanting to put in the effort to figure out something that may or may not be foreign to you. And we see this, it's kind of been the theme of the season, with a lot of the stories we're covering about how people are just not how figuring out how to do a lot of things in black spaces. Yeah. Um, pertaining to black people, pertaining to pertaining to black representation, even in hand-washing devices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <You know, like, laughs> You know, we've talked a lot. I mean, this has been a kind of a recurring exasperating yeah. theme. You know, um, I something that when I read this story reminded me of the f- there was it was a little push on TikTok. You know, TikTok has its little trends every every so every day. It's a different trend, <laughs> um, several different trends. But one that came up was black um, hair decorating on cookies. Ah. I know. So it's, it's been all the craze because you would see these cookies and again, you would have helmet, helmet, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's another, it's another kind of niche representation space that people don't think about. So they don't think about like, oh, I, I, if I'm going to buy a holiday cookie, a, a black woman holiday cookie, I don't want it to be, you know, just. You know, helmet hair, brown number forty-one. And that. <laughs> um, so, you know, this is this has been a there's been a couple sisters on Facebook, uh, another white lady on TikTok, um, a couple more people on YouTube, and they have these natural hairstyle cookie tutorials where they go through how to make texture, textured black hair on cookies, and how mm. to draw in twists and cornrows and all these different things. And it's so neat because, again. Mm. Why Why weren't we thinking about these things before? But black people and cookies have always existed, right? <laughs> right. And um, these kinds of beautiful representations. I wish I could show you guys, but um, they have a whole bunch of – there's one I'm looking at that has even beads and showing the curlies and twists and cornrows and poofs. And they're making these – you can see this, Marquis. This really nice. So like Oh, those are cookies. Really cookies, right? Oh like for real cookies with the beautiful hairstyles. I love that. I know. So like but the the level of detail that you're seeing across these different art forms from video games to to icing a cookie, um, are, are you just have not seen. A lot of people talked about the pandemic being a kind of a catalyst for that mm-hmm. people figuring out things during the pandemic that they hadn't figured out before mm. one because of pandemic and two because of the uprisings and different things that were happening during the pandemic right. and the black lives matter movement really flourishing during 2020 mm. um, so people started to pay attention to different types of black representation way more than they had before yeah um so i think you know coding and video games is long overdue and now we have cool things like putting beautiful black woman oh, hairstyle man. cookies yeah I, I, I love cool. that
0: <clears throat> um uh to your point um uh, before we go to um, um our next story um, uh, uh, about the hand washing thing. I actually had somebody uh, email me <laughs> that listened to the show and was like, you know, listening to your show. I just realized that that was that would always happen to me mm-hmm. when I would wash my hands. At my job, mm-hmm. I just thought that I was doing something wrong. Yep, you sitting N- there fighting with a, a faucet, <laughs> trying to get it to turn on to wash your hands,
1: and you this thinking that
0: something's wrong. No, yep. no, no, sis, you were just dark skin. You, you were just too dark for the <laughs> <laughs> faucet <laughs> rejection because uh, you were right. too dark. Crazy, right, man? So, uh, so our our points before we get to our our next story. Um, the the design team. Um, included 3D artists from around the world and across the Black diaspora. The designers behind the project faced the challenge of creating 15 original 3D sculptures of textured hair with no templates. Wow! And each sculpture um, uh, came with uh, comes with a step-by-step instruction. 360 degree photo mapping and cultural insights so that any developer anywhere can better model and represent textured hair and styles in the digital world. That's awesome. Many code my crown artists are self-taught. Mm-hmm. And that 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 is that is dope. That That's is dope. very awesome. Uh, uh, and um and they have um they they, they have such hairstyles now uh, such as braid outs yeah wash and goes. wow two strand twists um bantu knots afro puff ponytails and so much more. fancy i am i am i am all for that like very fancy like like look i i want i want my character in um in in hogwarts to have a washing go oh, absolutely 100 <laughs> yes indeed to our next story Our third story of the day, what's menu anxiety? Gen Z is apparently suffering from the phenomenon. This comes from Blavity, another one. So let's get into it. Gen Z is experiencing anxiety when dining out at restaurants. A study has found up to 86% of Gen Z is impacted by what is called menu anxiety compared to 67% of the rest of us. British restaurant chain Prezzo surveyed over 2,000 people in the UK about their attitudes toward dining. The main source of anxiety when eating out is due to the cost of the meal as well as other factors such as not being able to find something they like on the menu and regretting what they ordered. Nearly 40% of Gen Z and Millennials also said they would not go to a restaurant if they hadn't looked at the menu beforehand. Oh, I thought we was all looking at the menu beforehand. (laughs) We not all looking at the menu beforehand? Like, uh, like, what? 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 Y'all pockets look what like. Y'all, what y'all was doing? <laughs> look like, y'all, y'all, y'all. not
1: looking for the dollar size? Is it two dollar times or three? <laughs> I need to know before I go. Y- y- y'all just going to the restaurant. Just restu- walking up just blindly. Just, just, <laughs> just. <laughs> just <laughs> to the restaurants? <laughs> Man. Wow. Man. Kudos I, to you. They're talking about Gen Z 72, but overall the 67% of people also have ma- menu anxiety, so I feel like this is pretty common. Yeah,
0: yeah, I do too. This feels pretty pretty far <laughs> for the course. Right, right, right. And and, and uh for for myself, I know that um, you know, that McDonald's money that that has even increased. Like McDonald's money is
1: like twenty five
0: dollars. Yo, you <laughs> you cannot go to <laughs> McDonald's.
1: What? I'm gonna go in here and if it's if two of us eating, woo, you're pushing it. Yeah. I
0: don't I don't think we're gonna not everybody's gonna be able to get what they want. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. A <laughs> lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So um so I, I I just think that they uh, they they interviewed um, Gen Zers, uh, but I think that this is something. This this level of anxiety is something that is across the board, um, uh, unless you're you know raking in raking in the dough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, because like when 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 that check comes, when that check is is on listen on its way, you know there's there, there there's always that thought like man. Should I have? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Did, Did I need? Did I not need to eat this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, oh, and you know, you know,
1: people always talking about tipping, <laughs> oh, and that yeah. becomes a whole other thing. And yeah. I think a lot of people they we kind of a little bit they touched on it, but people also avoid going out and avoid doing certain things because they don't want to tip. Yeah. And, you know, I always say, if you don't want to tip, don't go out to a restaurant because I feel like that's only fair. Yeah. Um, But other people, you should go out and support the workers. I was like, but then y'all gonna get mad if I can't tip. Right. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to eat the food and then not be able to tip you. So I try my best only to ever go out when I know I'm in a position to tip. Right. Um, Because that that, that adds at least 20% to my menu anxiety.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I... I even found found myself like even even with the uh fifteen percent off gift cards and everything like that that I'm still not going to I'm these still places not going. like I got not um, yeah yeah like mm-hmm. I'm 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 about to expose myself here but uh back <laughs> back in June back in June of uh 2023 I got uh, uh two two um gift certificates for fifteen percent off to Wait. um Bonefish Grill. I looked at those prices and, and I was like, You're you know like, what? It, is inflation still <laughs> is it still a thing? Fifteen percent. Ain't nothing. I didn't do nothing for them. These, yeah. high, these <laughs> I, high prices. And 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 they sat they sat on my dresser until they expired. Yeah, I I couldn't do nothing but just you're like, shake my head. You know
1: what? Head. You know what? I didn't do. I didn't spend any money. <laughs> 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 so they can sit right there. I right. didn't spend any money. Right, right. I didn't lose anything because I didn't spend anything. Right, right.
0: Yeah. And when I read the story, I, I I was like, you know what? That was that was a form of this menu. Anxiety.
1: And then the other part that leads to menu anxiety for me too is like, I find the quality of food at a lot of places has gone down. Mm, yes. And so am, I am anxious that I'm not going to get what I ordered, and I've had enough experiences now. I'm like, this is just not taste good for the amount of money I just. Yes. Um, I can make something better at home. Yeah. You know, I, I can cook, so I'm always like, I can make something better in the house. Yes. Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, that other part of menu anxiety is if I order this food and it is not delicious, I'm gonna be so mad because I could have definitely made some and noodles at home <laughs> and called it. Uh, a ramen bowl. You know what I'm saying? Put some <laughs> <egg> in there. <laughs> hey, put some toppings. I could have made yeah. this ramen bowl at
0: home. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm thinking about Red Lobster. I remember the last yes. time I went to Red Lobster. This was um, uh this this was right before the pandemic. Wow, I, I wow. didn't didn't think it was that long, but 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 yeah, Can this you was, believe it? <laughs> this was right before the pandemic, and, and 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 like I spent um um I, I went with my family. I spent about um, hundred twenty, hundred thirty dollars. Yeah, and was mad. Food wasn't good. Be- yes, and and that's what it was. Very and, sad. <laughs> and I looked at my wife and I was like, "Yo." We could go to the um um little corner store seafood Absolutely. spot that's in
1: Philly. Much better, much yeah, better
0: much for for half the price, and very delicious. Yes, yep, very delicious, and yeah. have some leftovers for and tomorrow. To
1: some, and get up and be excited. So, yes, a friend of mine who shall remain nameless went out to a restaurant and was trying to take their leftovers home, mm-hmm. and so they thought they got their leftovers. They got home, opened up the next day, it wasn't even their leftovers. So that's the other place. Anxiety is all over the map because even when wow. you sit down. You spend the money. You're like, all right. I'm tasting something good. I'm gonna have some for the next day. Yeah. It could also be that too. You feel, you know, you feel slighted because you do spend the money and you don't even feel like you can stretch the meal. Right. So
0: right. And even lot. and even and even the cheddar biscuits fell off. Listen. <laughs> I'm glad they got the boxed ones that you can take home. Listen, now. because listen, I I um do do
1: you, do you um. uh Follow a fellow named Jordan Howlett on yes. The internet,
0: yes, who be giving away all the recipes. Uh, uh, the, the game, no, I'd be so happy here. when he come here.
1: <laughs> I'd be so happy because I'm like, yep I want to know how to make them too. And they was rude to me the last time I went too. So I'm glad you're giving away their recipe, right. yeah. whoever it is. You know? <laughs> they don't ban him from so many places, Costco and other yeah, restaurants. And <laughs>
0: yeah, for the mac and cheese, for like. the <laughs> mac and cheese. Which, 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 I'm gonna have to try because I heard that that's actually a thing. Yeah, that, it's really
1: a thing. That yeah. it's actually. Mac and cheese is actually very good.
0: Yeah, oh, man. it's actually
1: pretty good. <laughs> oh,
0: all right. So, um, so our points here before we get to our next story here. Um, th- point one uh, about these um suffering these uh, Gen Zers suffering from this menu anxiety. Uh, this echoes Gen Z's attitudes toward their finances. In a study conducted by Bank of America, 73% found to have made changes to their lifestyle and spending habits in order to deal with inflation. Mm -hmm. This includes cooking at home more frequently rather than dining out, spending less on clothes, and limiting grocery purchases to essentials. And another similar study, uh, this was conducted by one poll, found that 3 in 10 (laughs) Americans— have menu anxiety and looking at generational differences the results showed that younger respondents were far more likely to have anxiety while ordering at 41 percent compared with only 15 percent of gen x and baby boomers so you know that just shows that you know um older people have the money that i agreed and that's what the kids been saying the whole time right right (laughs) so they've been saying this the whole time so let's get to our third story. Our fourth story, I'm sorry. <laughs> Look at this. Yes, right right. Cook, cooking with gas.
1: <laughs>
0: our fourth story of today takes us to Chi Town and the discussion of reparations. Will reparations reduce crime rates? Well, Chicago mayor Brandon Johnson think so. This comes from Black Enterprise. So let's get into it. Chicago Mayor's Brandon Johnson hopes reparations will reduce the violent crime rate of the Windy City. A segment on CNN's This Morning, he touched on the spiking crime rate in Chicago and how a proposed $500,000 of reparations program in his budget may fix it. Host Poppy Harlow touched on recent statistics, revealing violent crimes are up 17 percent regardless of a drop in murder rates. She asked, are Chicagoans going to be safer in 2024? Johnson responded by saying, well, that's dependent on the government's response to the full out community safety plan and critical investments. This is what he's looking for, folks. A quarter of a billion dollars to address homelessness, 100 million for violence prevention. Mm. He said we added 80 million more dollars to our youth employment program, of which we hired 25,000 young people just this summer. Uh, He listed as investments. He says that that's a 20 percent increase from the previous year. Funds for a half-million-dollar reparation plan would address the cycle of violence, which looks like school closings. The closing Mm -hmm. of mental health facilities, of which I've invested in now, Mayor Johnson said. We're going to open up two mental health clinics that were closed from two previous administrations ago. He has also proposed to plan to hire 4,000 additional young people this summer. The program would be considered a way for incarcerated individuals to successfully re-enter society as a welcoming space for them
1: love it big plans he's got big plans this
0: man is doing the work Wow or or he is proposing proposing yeah, the absolutely. work mm-hmm. um because we know that the bureaucracy unfortunately could could possibly kill this absolutely uh, so so the main question here you know can can reparations address and reduce the crime rate? I would have to say emphatically, yes, oh yeah, absolutely. you know, this is that this is my personal opinion, America, but but I would I would uh, say that be, because uh crime, there is a connection between crime and poverty. if you uplift more people out of this poverty, if yep. if they're getting funds to remove themselves from certain situations um where they don't have to depend on um on crime to make ends meet. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. You know, um, if 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 I'm a young man and if I'm seeing my mother, if I'm seeing my parents, if if I'm seeing my guardian struggle, I mean, struggle to to the point that lights are off, heat is off and everything like that. When I come of age, I'm going to try to remedy that. And at my young age, if 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 I'm seeing, you know, ways to remedy this is is only through gang culture and wow. and and um and and selling drugs then that's what i'm going mm-hmm, absolutely. to do but with this this now offers another opportunity to possibly help employing mm-hmm, these kids mm-hmm. will <clears throat> hopefully hopefully detract them from from this street life, of, of course, it's not a cure all. Yeah, but but now you're offering another opportunity to make funds for them to help their family because that's what a lot of these kids are doing.
1: Right, absolutely right. Um, this this harkens back to the universal basic income mm, conversation. Come um, on, right? And so, no no country in the in the world has universal basic income anymore. Um, but that is because I, I believe. You know, here comes my conspiracy mind coming <laughs> in. But I believe that's because capitalism dictates that we cannot you cannot have a universal basic income because then you're not going to produce the people that have a need to work for anything possible. yeah, right. so um one of the one of the capitalist arguments against universal basic income is that it will make people not want to work, yeah, which I think is such an interesting epistemological grounding. So, in order for people to be worth something in society, they have to be able to work for money, yeah. right? Not that Trash. our 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 we don't think the other way, which is everyone deserves to live, and therefore, if you're alive, you, but just by virtue of being alive, you get some money yeah. to live and be a part of society. Because there are needs, there are wants, there are things that are perfectly valid that you should be able to have access to as a person. absolutely. Um, and the only country I know that has something close right now to universal basic income is uh, the Kuwaiti government. Mm-hmm. They take the profits from a lot of their oil, and they give each citizen uh, a stipend every month, basically. Oh, wow. And when my mom lived there for a long time, this was one of the things that you don't see hardly any poverty in Kuwait because everyone huh. has money coming in every month, every single side. Now, they're a much smaller nation. Mm -hmm. Um, They have other factors that allow them to do that. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I always wonder why a country that is as rich as the United States, as far as having a lot of billionaires, as far as being the sole producers of so many different kinds of goods, mm-hmm. why we can't have a universal basic income or something where we're at mm-hmm. least giving people a stipend every month. Right. Uh, one $1,000 a month for every single person in, uh, that's a resident of the country from birth to death could be doable. Uh, I'm thinking Kuwait it was something like it was 1,000 Kuwaiti dinars, 1,000 KDs, which was like 30-something hundred U.S. dollars a month. Hmm. So... These kinds of things, I like that the Chicago mayor is pushing it through the work program because that's what people want. They, I don't agree. I think students should be given money to go on experiential things until they get to mm. an age where they should work. Um, but I think student age, like if you if you have a prom trips and senior trips and other kinds of things that just gives you good experiences, they mm. want to go overseas, I think we should be pumping money into our teens to do those things at an early age. Give them an early taste for life experiences I feel instead of just saying well we're going to train you to work mm. and that is how you are always going to exact your value in the society is by comparing yourself to a good worker a good worker Yeah. again but I do like that I do like this idea of having of money solving the problem people have talked about influxing cash to poor people for years and how mm. it does solve a lot of issues Yeah. Um and one being that We've made poverty a crime. So people stealing um, for their basic needs has become a criminal thing, even though you don't want them to have abortions, you don't want them to give their kids to the system, you want to slam parents who don't have enough to take care of of their families um, without saying, well, if you are contributing... Literal workers and literal thinkers and literal doers and art- artists by raising families—that's something that we want to invest in as a nation. Absolutely. We talk about it all the time, but we don't. We talk about who's a bad parent. We talk about who's a bad caregiver. We talk about we don't take care of our elderly. Our elderly should be should never have to wait on <coughs> Social Security to right. have a, a basic income. You should be able to get that, you know, especially. Especially if you start working in your younger years, especially to me, like you, you waste your, not waste, that's kind of the best word, but <laughs> spend a lot of your youth and your your most vibrant years toiling away for a company that gives you a little bit of the profit in the form of a salary yeah. while they're taking a lar- much larger chunk of the profit. And then we go, "Well, won't won't giving you a little extra money make you lazy and not want to work?" You mean <laughs> like the people who are literally profiting off the backs of these workers? You mean that like part. those folks? That part. Like they're not working harder than them? So, what do you mean? Right. It has has the money made them lazy? The answer is yes. However, um how can we spread that wealth around where we're uh, stimulating innovation, a little bit of competition? that doesn't always serve capitalism. How about we stimulate competition by freeing up people's minds and letting them think about something other than where am I going to get my next meal from? How am I going to pay my light bill? How much mind space are we taking up, not giving people the basics that they need to thrive where they have to think about, well, how do I kill Johnny for this territorial idea so that I have more power so that I can possibly make a better life for my family? Where does that all end up and how are we serving the real the real bottom line of our communities if we're not considering something, to me, what the mayor's doing is good, Mm -hmm. but I think something even more progressive, like giving everybody
0: enough to meet their needs. Mm. You heard it there, Doctor K dropping the knowledge. I I love it. I love it. you. May have to rewind and re-listen because there's there's a lot of great nuggets I, in there. He meant I went I went on a
1: rambling rant. I'm sorry, <laughs> no. but I definitely be. I'm very passionate about one of those. Yes, things, those yes, yes. There.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. Um. Uh, so so our points before we uh, head head on to our next story. And I'm serious about that rewind. There there there's some great stuff in there. You might want to rewind right now. I'll give you two seconds to rewind. All right. So uh, uh, point number one, Um, more and more elected officials are paving the way for reparations to be distributed to their African-American residents. Governor Kathy Hochul, uh, a Democrat, uh, signed a bill in early December 2023 to create a state commission that will study New York's history with slavery and how it impacted African-Americans. Evanston, Illinois, will be the first city in the country to pay reparations to its black residents. The city is projected to distribute twenty five thousand dollars each to almost one hundred forty residents by the end of last year. And our point number two here of the nation's cities with populations above one million residents. Chicago has the sixth highest poverty rate, and that's behind Philadelphia, wow. Houston san antonio new york and dallas san francisco and austin texas have lower poverty rates than chicago despite considerable media attention to their homelessness crisis and that was a surprise to me so let's get to our fifth and final story And our fifth and final story, it's actually two stories in one. Uh, So, you're technically getting six stories this week. Wow, look at that. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. A little extra sauce for you Uh after this uh, two-week break that we had. So, racism is expensive. And this is two stories that come from the Atlanta Black Star. So, our first story, black steelworkers had a manager who would raise his fists and declare white power... That company now has to pay $500,000. So a major U.S. steel supplier has agreed to pay $500,000 to settle a federal civil claim by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which accused the company of egregious and racial discrimination against black and Hispanic workers at its main plant in Eloy, Arizona. The lawsuit filed in U.S. District Court in Arizona in September 22 accused Steel Company of racial harassment and retaliation after employees said they were forced to work with a manager who repeatedly ridiculed Hispanic workers from not speaking good English and who raised his fist and declared white power oh my God. in front of black employees. Jeez. Man. Um, So employees also claim the plant manager. Now, mind you, this is a plant manager identified in court papers obtained by Atlanta Black Star as Travis Bell regularly use racial slurs to intimidate them, including the N-word toward black workers and derogatory terms like wetback to describe Hispanics. Oh, my goodness. And this is according to legal action. So that is that is our, our our first one right there. Our second one. The University of Washington, white University of Washington police officers allegedly called black colleagues racist slurs. Jesus! Now the college is ordered to pay. Wait for it. Sixteen million dollars. That's what's expensive.
1: Man. <laughs> Racism <laughs> expensive.
0: is expensive. So y'all gonna y'all gonna stop the <laughs> white. <huh>? Okay. Like. <laughs> Uh, so, a jury has awarded five former and current black University of Washington police officers a $16 million verdict in the racial discrimination lawsuit against the college. The verdict came in on December 22nd following a six-week trial against the University of Washington Police Department.
1: Six-week trial, six-week. too.
0: Wow. According to the Seattle Times, testimony at the trial revealed multiple instances of racism and hostility in aimed at the plaintiffs Russell Ellis Jr., Gabriel Golden, Hamani Nolan, Damian Taylor, and Corinne Young. The lawsuit states that the UWPD officers were subjected to widespread acts of racial harassment and discrimination within the UW Police Department, including the use of the N-word. The officers said they were also subjected to racial stereotypes, physical intimidation, and other racial slurs while white officers received preferential treatment that the managers of the university were aware of. Oh, wow. The complaint also accused management of threatening black officers who reported misconduct and of blocking their promotion attempts. So going to widespread
1: uh, systemic Racism, yeah.
0: Yeah. From as
1: people have alleged for police departments for, I don't know, 50, 60
0: years forever. ever. <laughs> uh, uh, this, this this is <clears throat> this is uh, uh, something that um, that that I have spoke about <clears throat> in the past of of you have to hold two spaces as 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 a black cop. And then sometimes those two spaces don't intermingle you know so so here these are the these are black officers they're black they're holding that capacity and they're police officers they're holding that capacity and we're seeing that this time it just didn't mix and 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 then there were intimidation tactics right. um and and there were career tactics to stop these individuals from telling the truth Yep, absolutely. This is what we mean when we say it's it's systematic, systematic racism yeah. that 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 this that the system is using your race to discriminate against you. So, wow. um a- again, uh, um looking at this, I'm glad that they got their money. Um 16 million dollars Racism, as you see here, is expensive because the other company had to pay five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, that's one company. Yeah. yeah. But and the police that's sixty million. Woo, that's sixteen that, million. That that is that that's significant. But uh uh well now but and I would like to see more of this because this Absolutely. is how I, I, I feel that that this is our next wave of, of attacking racism and and uh racial type situations is hit him in the pocket.
1: He got him in the pocket. Um we just had a case with our Dauphin County prisons here in in um in Dauphin County mm-hmm. where um the young man who a young man who was killed by the prison guards in 2021, I mm-hmm. believe. Uh they just settled with the family settled. They Didn't go to court. Yeah. With the family for 4.2 million dollars. Mm um 380 or 300 or so thousand dollars which came out of taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. And he he died after being suffocated by a spit bag.
0: Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So what I want to know um uh, and and I hope um um I I I hope Atlanta Black uh Black Star the, the, as a follow up to this, uh what I want to know is what happens after.
1: Oh, oh, I always want to know that. Yeah. You
0: know, um uh are these people being fired, um, and and then in their being fired, are they also being blackballed?
1: Right. You know, well, do a lot of them are, a lot of them go to other police departments. Right. In and it, get a job
0: in in almost the same jurisdiction. they are close by. They'll go to the county over because now this this person, like a Darren Wilson, that's right, like a Darren Wilson. This that's person is looked at as a rock star. Yeah.
1: And and, and and the other thing too is if you hire a police officer particularly if they're in state um they don't have they 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 go after these you know um defamed defunct police officers who were probably liable something of something in their old districts yeah. cuz they don't have to pay for the police training over again mm. so they can, years old. yeah so they can hire these police officers if they're in the state of Pennsylvania, going to another district, if they're in the state of Michigan, going to another district, because they don't have to take that police training over again, which mm-hmm. is one of the bigger expenses of becoming a police officer.
0: I mean, it should be. I mean, <laughs> I mean that makes sense. You put these people out yeah. on the street with, with uh, um, objects of destruction and things that can take people's lives. Yeah. I mean, I would, I, I would hope. I feel like the base,
1: the basis, the basic is if you commit something where you cause bodily harm or, or fatality to somebody um i don't think you should be a police officer if you kill someone personal experience personal opinion um especially especially if you're found out that you were in the wrong yeah if you're ia or whatever found out you were um, wronged, even if you don't go to trial, that should just be a thing. You don't get to be a police officer again. Right. If you hurt or maim someone, maybe you don't take a life, but you had improper procedures, that led to somebody being hurt. You should, at the very least, be retrained and have to pay right. both. But I think you're right. I think more of this needs to happen because. If you don't have any skin in the game as a police officer, any financial skin in the game, um, you can keep doing this. You guys are not—we're not seeing reform. Yeah, exactly. We're not—we're not seeing certain practices abolished. We're not seeing um, police departments change in ways that are beneficial to the people who they serve. So I guess, what else is there left to do besides hit hit a police department and the offending officers where it hurts? In the What pocket. else is there left to do?
0: Right. Right. Be, 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 because. I think about teachers. You know, you know in, in in some instances, teachers' feet are held more to the fire than police officers. Oh, absolutely. Like, as a teacher, you get a DUI. That's it. You're done. Your your career is is done. But done. as a police officer, if you take a life, like you said, even if you were in the wrong, that doesn't kill doesn't your career. Doesn't kill your career.
1: I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, never seen anything like it. And um, the other piece of this that kind of drives me nuts. Is that civilians who don't have guns, who don't have guns issued to them, um, have to pay fines, costs, and restitutions in the state of Pennsylvania for any crime they commit, mm. large or small, even if they are if they take um, the, um, what do you call it, the the ex- accelerated rehabilita- ARD, rehabilitative mm-hmm. disorders. You still got to pay restitution. Yeah. At the very least, fine. You don't want to find them guilty because of whatever the heck you're doing. Like I don't even know if they publicly found the. I think they fired the Dauphin County warden, mm-hmm. but they never found him criminally responsible yeah. for allowing that to happen on his watch. And does he have to pay restitution? No. Right, he does. He probably has the insurance is probably going to what's going to pay that family. Mm-hmm. But where's your personal spending skin in the game for this? Exactly. Um, and and if their liability is lower than civilians on the street. Who aren't trained in firearms? Who aren't trained in conflict resolution? Allegedly, who aren't trained in how to do all these different um, trained in how to do all these different functions as a peace officer? Allegedly, mm-hmm. allegedly, then why are people on the street held to a, a higher standard than someone who's trained to use a gun who discharges that gun and harms somebody, right. harms a civilian? Why aren't they? Why aren't they held to a higher standard? And where's
0: the accountability?
1: Where is it at? No standards. No accountability. Um, Act 111, I want to say this one real loud. Mm-hmm. Act 111 is the one in the state that indemnifies police officers and from everything. Mm-hmm. So to me, acts things like Act 111, I would implore our state legislators to take a closer look and bring some amendments to that law, to that Act 111 that don't indemnify um, police officers because you never know who will be next. People think it only affects a certain t- demographic of people, mm-hmm. right? Yes, racism's expensive, but people don't, consider how it affects our counties our governments our city governments our businesses um instead of holding people's feet to the fire we just kind of let it slide and go well you know they're here to protect us well those companies know what they're doing they're providing a good product why should be chase business out, w- owners out of town mm. or whatever the case may be
0: so. um i'm looking at this um um again as 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 a step in the right direction um, um because i brought up accountability and and this is this is a way to to hold the feet to the fire uh and 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 to have that accountability uh gen z i'm looking at gen z things things will change by the time gen z is 40 because because gen z is not having it oh not they're they're not they're not, not with it not at all so so our our final uh point here before we wrap things up on this Monday's glad to be back. Um, The harassment dates all the way back to 1998. According to the lawsuit, when one white Sergeant distributed flyers with negative racial stereotypes and jokes at a roll call after a black officer complained about the flyers and the general culture of hostility toward black officers internally, the Sergeant was put on paid leave to take diversity training. However, the racial slurs and misconduct continued. The lawsuit claimed the UWPD trainings are not taken seriously by management. Wow. And, and I want to know, I want to know how many other police departments around the country have this same issue and these same shortcomings. So on that note, we are going to put a pin in it. This has been, this has been great. great. <laughs> yes, this has been therapeutic. I feel like this show was a little spicy And I love that. I love that. Need a little spice in your life. I love that. Before we head out, Dr. K, church announcements. What you got for us? Well, we
1: had the commissioner's um, inaugural celebration at um, XL Live last night for Dauphin County. Congrats to Commissioner, the Honorable Justin Douglas, the newest commissioner of (laughs) Dauphin County. So we had a couple hundred people come out last night, celebrate. Um, We heard from some great folks. I was the hostess with the mostest. Um, We had a great night um black news beat is off this month we will be black for back for black we'll be black in black history month too but um, we'll be black back for Black history month. <laughs> black back for black i'm not gonna say it uh, um and we're gonna have our one year our sorry our season four anniversary and celebration is going to be at the end of the month so we're dope. very excited um our first show back is going to be i think on valentine's day Ooh, pretty sure
0: all so right that should,
1: that should be interesting um and what else is happening? YPOC, for all intents and purposes, are taking the day off, the month off as well. Where Juneteenth planning is in the works. Yes, And has some exciting announcement and events coming up as we lead into that. I have been slated to do a um, situating Black Harrisburg, the the religious slash Black Church edition at the, um, the, the Market Square Presbyterian Church next month. Mm-hmm. So I'll be doing a program on that um, on February 24th. Oh, all right. So that's going to be really cool. And, yeah, just, you know, those are our church, church announcements. The honorable mention to a couple of stories. Um, we, we didn't get to talk about Claudine Gray at Harvard. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Yep, that was, that's a lot. And we didn't get to talk about TI. We didn't, so there's a lot of things we yeah. didn't, didn't get to talk about. But, um, yeah, we didn't get to talk about that $5 billion Google Oh, uh, see, we, man, there's so much yeah, we need to talk yeah, about. Yeah, so we'll hit y'all next time with that kind of stuff. But um yeah, keep you guys' ears and eyes peeled. If you're going to send Marquise a nice story, send them early. <laughs> cuz we get them like the second before we we're supposed to air the show. Yeah. And then we can't do anything cuz we already picked the story. Marquise already picked the story, So send them early cuz we got we always want things to talk about.
0: Indeed, indeed, indeed. And and on that note, folks, we have a great show for you on Wednesday and a greater show for you on friday friday we're going to be talking about black twitter uh and 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 i have a group of gen zers coming on oh that's going to be nice um uh to talk about black twitter and the influence of it and has it lost its luster uh we right. <laughs> we are coming up on our 50th episode uh we are coming up on the end of season 1 of the melanin report this has been nothing short of amazing it's not over yet just the uh end of season one so i believe this is episode 45 so we have about five more episodes until we get to that 50 mark and then uh we'll take our you know proverbial Kaepernick knee yes and and then that's we'll right come back bringing you uh everything that you need everything that you wanted and everything that you did not How know exciting. existed <laughs> yes this is the meddling report I am Marquise Lupton. Trust your dopeness and enjoy these sounds from this artist. And we'll see you on the other side. Peace.
2: Yeah Technique uh, the long range seeker, some more danger. Switch to the broad range, and my vision is more major. Left him on the sideline, now I peepin' for skyline. Now I intercepted the ball and I'm reaching for power line and I score. You're such a broad, I ain't eating the sauce. Well, of course you're such a broad, you're getting beat in your broad. While well, they talk, while well, they squawk, while well, they gawk, while I walk. And if you taking what he taking, then it's probably your loss. Well, my own, just sing the song, We're getting deeper than bone. I was on, I'm repping home and finally feeding my own. Hit my phone when they want some, never hit you. With Pay when easy to say, but I guess it gotta be what it be. And I sweat these baby max with paper stacks We soundin' the same. But they never had a five or six so they not in the game. And I'm plowing in lane for them niggas who are not for them game. I'm just saying I'm taking flight. You are not on the plane, nigga. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I wanna welcome you all to the Jean Green International Flight Buckle in, grab your drink. Get your pack of nuts and enjoy the ride. Well alright. Back on the scene. Crispy and clean, chilling with my teens 20s, is what I mean I got her ready for the scene, she posed for the picture She smoke with shit, she rather a bum instead of a swishin' Listen, listen, pay attention, I started from bang dishes. The hardest thing in the addition, I'm killing my competition And do it like I didn't I mean it on some humble shit Eating like my stomach, tummy rumble shit Moving like a bee when I bumble, bumble, bitch Know you are trying to get me, grab a number, bitch And I know you bound to bounce soon as you find out about my other chick. And I know she down to buy, so let's just fuckin' leave it where it is So it is, what it is. She says she wanted that lean, say says she wanted that purse, she says she wanted them pills, she says she wanted the twerk, she says she wanted that beans. she says she wanted that work, she says she wanted to leave, but fuck it, baby, that work. Holla at me, huh? As we approach the runway, I just want to thank you for joining us today on Gene Green International Flight. And We hope you had a safe flight. And as we drive up to the terminal, I want to remind you to stay buckled in and stay in your seats until the light's off. And we hope you join us again. All right.